0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and I'm not going to lie to you folks, today I am feisty about this particular subject. On your screen right now is the logo for video game streaming service and Amazon wholly-owned subsidiary Twitch, which found itself in the news, as it so often does, for DMCA issues this past weekend. The difference, however, is that these are DMCA issues that Twitch is apparently facing that have been faced by YouTubers and Facebook gamers and other folks around the internet for some time, and yet the folks that are responding to this particular Twitch story have seen fit to spread erroneous and terribly, terribly controversial information to unknown Twitch users, and I'm going to try to set the record straight. So if you hear me get a little bit passionate that's why if you've been in virtual reality for a while you know this is a subject matter that's near and dear to my heart and that we've talked about a lot and what is that subject matter well it's DMCA fair use copyright violations reacts videos all in one big melange on your screen right now is a tweet from the streamer bands account from this past weekend that says twitch partner Pokemon a has been, banned and i know i've seen her comment here in virtual Legality. i've also seen amaranth and some other pretty prominent twitch users comment on some of these videos so i know this information is getting out there i'm very hopeful that it is more useful than some of the other information various streamers are seeing around the web now what is the nature of this story as kotaku reports pokemon A receives first twitch ban but it's only temporary the popular streamer was banned after what Streaming episodes of the Avatar The Last Airbender cartoon. Pokemon, one of Twitch's biggest and most popular streamers with over 8.5 million followers, that is a big fan base, was banned from the platform last night as of the time of the writing of this article while streaming the cartoon Avatar The Last Airbender. The ban is temporary, according to Pokemon, but is a sign that Twitch's growing TV meta is probably going to cause further problems for big and small streamers. And if you've been in YouTube a while, you know TV meta anime reacts videos, not a new kind of concept for the internet, but certainly one that has caused DMCA issues for a lot of folks. Kotaku continues, On January 7th at around 8 p.m. Eastern, Pokemon A was streaming to an audience of about 25,000, not insubstantial, while watching the Nickelodeon TV show Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time. And here's what's important. We can't go back and see archived band streams, so this is always an issue when we talk about these things here in virtual legality, but the description from Kotaku very much sounds like a problem for copyright law in the United States. They describe it as follows. The stream featured a live shot of her reacting in the corner of a full-screen broadcast of episodes from the show, presumably unedited, so she's watching Avatar on whatever streaming service she's using, wherever she's getting it from. She's placed herself in the corner of the screen, much like the Hoglaw YouTube on the screen before you right now, and the rest of the screen is Avatar, meaning that if you want to watch an Avatar episode, you could have watched it easily through this particular portal. Midway through the stream, it's reported that Pokemon A received a live DMCA ban abruptly ending the broadcast. Then this article continues for a little while. It says, while it might seem odd to stream yourself watching a TV show, this has become a popular trend on Twitch. And it's been a popular trend for some time, at least as long as virtual legality has been around. Checking Twitch now, as I'm writing this sentence, the author says, I can see at least a half dozen streamers in the just chatting category, watching old animated shows and wrestling events. Of course, almost all of this content is owned by large companies who usually aren't too keen on random people broadcasting their copyrighted material for free to thousands of people. And there the argument really ends. Kotaku finishes saying for smaller streamers who don't have the money or clout to fight Twitch, this all could lead to permanent bans making the proposition of Twitch watch parties and the TV meta even riskier. And that's basically all Kotaku gives you. Not a lot of editorializing, which is good. I always am in favor of just putting the facts out there, but also not a lot of information as to whether or not this was something that was done wrong. We know copyright owners protect their copyrighted materials. We know that because that's how the world has always worked. We also know if we've been in virtual legality for a while that it presents an issue for every platform when this kind of thing happens on your screen is a video I did about a react streamer here on YouTube called Susie Lou. And it was a discussion of copyright and how the law doesn't necessarily allow what was trying to happen in these particular Reacts videos. And that's with the reversed kind of concept where the actual imagery is in the corner and maybe edited. And fair use is something that comes up so often in these arguments that I've done now two dozen videos on the concept, unfortunately, always winding up in the same space. And what is that space? Well, first, We have to look at the Copyright Act, 17 U.S.C. 106, which establishes that when you make something, whether it's Avatar The Last Airbender or a virtual legality episode or anything in between, the law sees fit to give you the right to control how that thing you created goes out into the world. Or more specifically, under the law, you have the right to reproduce it, to prepare derivatives, including commentary tracks and things along those lines. Keep that in mind. To distribute it, to perform it, and to display it. To perform and to display and various other versions of all these things have been interpreted by courts across the country to include things like broadcasting over the airwaves, broadcasting into portals like Twitch or elsewhere. So if you otherwise don't have an exception to this restriction, and you don't own Avatar The Last Airbender, you don't own this virtual legality episode, then you can't take that episode and broadcast it yourself on Twitch. If you didn't make it, you don't own the copyright. Now, as I said, people are very quick to come to me and say, fair use, Rick. The entire internet works on fair use. I meme all sorts of things I don't own. And yes, there's a lot of truth in that but there's also a lot of mistakes. 17 USC 107, fair use in the United States. And we're only gonna be talking about United States law here. I'm barred in the United States. I'm licensed to practice here. I'm not licensed elsewhere, but a lot of the Western democracies especially have very similar concepts in their own copyright and intellectual property laws. It says, hey, notwithstanding those provisions that Rick just read to you, the fair use of a copyrighted work for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research shall not be an infringement of copyright. So the copyright holder gets the right to control all of this stuff, but can't say no to a use that is found to be fair. If you're sitting back and you're saying, well, that's not a lot of definition, Rick, what is fair use? It's just an uncapitalized sequence of words here. And that's when I tell you the rubber hits the road. Fair use is, if you take nothing else away from this video, everywhere and always, a concept that is dictated by the facts and circumstances of the specific use that we're talking about. Which means that if you see Amaranth or Pokemon or some other streamer that you very much like using a video in a specific way, there might be a difference between how that use happens and how you would use it, even if you don't see it as you put together your own stream. You've got the same sizes, you've got the same use case. Maybe you think you've even got the same editing. It doesn't matter because everywhere and always it will be interpreted by a court if it came to it on the basis of what fair use means under this law. And what are the four concepts that relate to fair use? You won't find definition here. You'll only find kind of guidelines. One, the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is of a commercial nature. Or is for nonprofit educational purposes. So what are you doing with this thing? You've taken Avatar The Last Airbender. What are you doing with it? You're making money on Twitch? That starts to look like you're infringing, not using it fairly. You're using it somehow to make money for a charity? That can potentially be better for you. This is also where you see the use of the concept of transformation pop up in various court proceedings and whatnot. You'll see this on Twitter or otherwise, when you get into arguments about these kinds of topics, they say, well, it appears pretty transformative to me. I wouldn't be watching Avatar if Pokemon wasn't leading me through it. Or as we'll get to, I wouldn't be watching Master Chef if another streamer wasn't leading me through it. And that is value added. It doesn't get you out of the concept of you infringing on the original work. Just because you're a smart person that can add additional commentary Doesn't give you the right under the law by itself to simply take another person's work that they created and spent resources and money and time building and making money on it yourself. So if you're using it for a commercial purpose, regardless of whether or not somebody would be otherwise watching the underlying material, you can still get in trouble here. The second quality, the nature of the copyrighted work, here it's a little bit more amorphous. Is it fiction? Is it something that somebody wrote and drew and then? provided to the world or is it a video of volcano going off or a tree falling in the forest? Those are still copyrighted. The videographer or the photographer still has a copyright in the work that they created, but the law is less concerned about making sure that people get videos of volcanoes, that that's going to happen in any event. But if you create something out of nothing, The Last Airbender doesn't exist without writers and animators and everyone else involved in that project, then it starts to become more difficult to advocate for fair use of a copyrighted work like that one. The amount and substantiality of the portion used, how much of it did you take? If the bulk of your screen is Avatar The Last Airbender and you're off in the corner and you didn't edit it, you didn't remove anything from the overall work that was made by someone that's not you... Again, factor three starts to look like infringement and not fair use. And finally, the effect of the use upon the potential market. Could someone get the full value of watching Avatar The Last Airbender or whatever is being streamed by simply watching you, even if though they're happy to watch it with you, they like watching it with friends, they think of you as an internet friend, they like your commentary, are they getting the full effect and they no longer have any reason to buy the Netflix series so that they can watch it themselves, buy it on Voodoo, buy it on disc, wherever else they might find it. Is the market depressed by the fact that you took a copy of this work and broadcast it out to 25,000 or more of your followers? If the answer to that is yes, that looks more like infringement than fair use. And the court, if it came to it, would go down this entire thing, put its thumb on various scales and determine at the end of the day, whether or not that use was fair. Now, that's where the real rubber hits the road, because as you could probably tell, by the time you are in court and you're defending yourself as not infringing because your use is fair, the lawyers have gotten paid. You've spent time. If you've agreed to a specific venue provision in the terms of service that you're otherwise operating under, you've probably flown somewhere and had a hotel and spent that money in order to get to the point in time where you try to convince the court that your use is fair. Fine for someone with resources, virtually impossible for someone without. And you're also probably in breach of contract even going through this process. Why? Why? Because one of the things that Twitch and every other platform that collects user-generated content asks you to do is promise that you don't infringe on people's rights. Or as the Twitch terms of service say right now, you represent and warrant, you promise that you are the creator or own or control all right in and to the user content or otherwise have sufficient rights and authority to grant the rights granted herein. Your user content does not and will not infringe, violate, or misappropriate any third-party right, including any copyright, trademark, patent, trade secret, moral right, privacy right, right of publicity, or any other intellectual property or proprietary right. So when people come into these stories and ask the question, well, why is Twitch moving ahead on these various things if they aren't otherwise getting pushed? by a DMCA notice or by other parties. We worked on Twitch forever and we had all sorts of music in DJ streams and it was fine until it wasn't. Of course, the music labels and records and everyone else have created so many problems for Twitch over the last 18 to 24 months that Twitch itself has had major problems even on its own operational capability in order to try to deal with all of those things. So one, they can do it because they can do it under their own terms of contract here, but two, they can do it because they're trying to protect themselves from what are very significant liabilities as a platform if they just allow these things and don't do anything about them. Now, as I've said, Twitch is not unique here. We've covered this here in Virtual Legality. Regarding Twitch, sure, but also regarding YouTube. One of our most popular videos was about a set of streamers called MXR plays that claimed that they were being extorted by a company that owned the video clips that they were reacting to. And I did an analysis of that pointing out that fair use is always facts and circumstances based and not I or anyone else can promise you that your use is fair. So you have to take on acknowledgement, all of these things, it's a risk to stream things onto the internet. And you have to be aware of those in order to properly assess whether or not you can make a livelihood doing this or whatever it is that you might be pursuing. And what's worse is you've got people that have either made it on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook doing things to either pull up the ladder or make it extraordinarily difficult for people to understand what is at stake here. Here, on bad copyright takes on Twitter is a tweet from a man named Hassanabi at Hassan the Han, and people have told me about this for the entire weekend. I don't know this individual. I apologize for that, but he's apparently very, very, very popular in the millions. He says everything is fair use if the copyright holder doesn't care about pursuing a DMCA claim. Now there are so many things wrong with that, but first and foremost. A DMCA takedown notice is certainly not the only way that you can bring a copyright infringement claim against another person. In fact, the primary way is a federal lawsuit. And By the time you've got a federal lawsuit served on you, you're in a fair amount of trouble. But even if they decide not to file a federal lawsuit, even if they decide not to file a DMCA claim, one of the big mistakes that people make in this area is that they think that if you don't try to police your copyright, you have somehow waived your ability to control that copyright reminder look at this law you get these exclusive rights to control your copyrighted work regardless of whether or not you ever do anything to police it people get confused on this point because trademark which is a distinct kind of intellectual property separate from copyright trademark does have to be policed in that way if someone is using your name or the name of your good or service in a way that you don't like and you don't police that yes if that becomes bad enough, you can potentially lose the right to file that trademark and to get the protections that you otherwise deserve. That's not the same with copyright. So copyright holders have every instinct if they believe that whatever is happening out in the world is somehow beneficial to them to not do anything. Be smart, says Hasanabi. Don't watch entire movies, Viacom, Disney shit, or new episodes, and stop snitching. It's a man with millions of followers telling folks the wrong thing about fair use, about how copyright works and finishing off by telling people to stop snitching. Even on YouTube alone, he's got almost 900,000 subscribers. That is multiple of what we have here at virtual legality and huge amounts more on Twitch and on Twitter and elsewise. And people listen to folks of this ilk. And that's the reason I made this video. He continues. With a point that is exactly in opposite of what we have argued here in virtual legality for years now. He says, video games are a great example of this. Technically, all the games we play on stream are still subject to copyright laws, but the industry recognizes the influence and benefit of streamers playing their games. This is why it's super rare for a pub to pursue copyright. Now, outside of the logical inconsistencies of how a pub could ever pursue copyright if it was already fair use because they didn't care otherwise, you feel exactly what the problem is here. It's not that video games are a great example of what he's claiming. It's that video games are a great example of what we call here in virtual legality, largesse, the concept that a copyright holder, can write its end user license agreement, can write its terms of service in such a way that you aren't allowed to do what you're doing with the goods or services that they have provided, but they don't care as long as you're on their side. And then if it comes to it, you say something like, I don't like the latest FIFA, or you say something political or associate yourself with something that that group doesn't like. Well, it turns out that you never had the right to do what you were doing for your livelihood. That when I ask the question, is streaming among us illegal? The answer to us is it's probably illegal, but that nobody cares as long as you don't upset the folks that control the copyright, which leads us to Hassan retweeting what very well should be the case, but is not from a man by the name of Ryan Wyatt here on Twitter. A majority of game publishers actively promote sharing their content in their end user license agreement. Objection. Facts. Nowhere in evidence. As a matter of fact, I have piles of end-user license agreements that say the exact opposite, some of which we'll talk about in just a minute. But he continues with what very much should be the point. If a game company decided to pursue claiming, DMCA claiming, like Nintendo once did and still occasionally does, gamers would just rotate over into games with a friendly end-user license agreement. By God, I wish that were so. That's what I have argued here in virtual legality for such a long time, I can't even remember when the argument started. I have told folks, hey, look at your end user license agreements. See if you have the right to stream these things, because otherwise a sword of Damocles is hung over your head and you don't know when it might fall. And yet the standard here is not what Mr. Wyatt says, but the opposite. Look at the standard Steam subscriber agreement. Valve hereby grants, and you accept a non-exclusive license and right to use the content and services for what? Your personal, non-commercial use, except where use is expressly allowed or in the applicable subscription terms. It can be altered, but the baseline is as follows. All title, ownership, rights, and intellectual property in and to the content and services and any and all copies thereof are owned by Valve or the licensors, the people that make the games. All rights are reserved, except what we state. If we don't mention that you can stream, it's reserved. You can't. And we mentioned some of this stuff. You may not reproduce or distribute two of those bundle of rights that we saw in 17 USC 106. You are not entitled to exploit the content and services or any of its parts for any commercial purpose unless we otherwise state or it is included specifically by the publisher. And a lot of publishers, especially indies, are going to rely on these kinds of baseline documents. No, instead, what you get is a conflation. A majority of game publishers actively promote sharing. Yes, this is true. In their end user license agreement, that is not. The end user license agreement is what controls your legal relationship. Instead, what these publishers go out with is something like this. Here's Studio MDHR. They make Cuphead. I love Cuphead. They say we have a video in streaming policy. We intensely support the efforts of our community members who produce community videos using video footage, images, in-game audio, or other media assets from our copyrighted products. Please do that. Right? And then they put a few rules around it. That's our policy. We don't want to bring a content ID claim on YouTube. We don't want to issue a copyright strike. This is how we're going to operate. But you know what this isn't? It's not the license that the player actually gets. It's not something that can be relied upon. No, instead, when you go and look about purchasing a copy of Cuphead and you look at the legal info, it directs you to the PlayStation.com software license, specifically the generic one. And this is what a lot of indies would use. It says, hey... The software is licensed to you, not sold. We're used to that. SIE LLC grants to you a limited, non-exclusive license to use the software for what? Personal use on your PlayStation system and any rights in the software not explicitly granted to you in this license are reserved by us, including all rights to all intellectual property. What are you specifically not allowed to do? Create derivative works, or copy, publicly perform, or broadcast the software without the express prior written consent of Sony Interactive Entertainment. And I'm not stating all of this to call out Cuphead. This is standard protocol. This is the baseline that all video gamers that stream are dealing with. Yes, there are exceptions to this rule. Minecraft, most specifically, has a rule that allows you in the license to stream. I believe League of Legends also has incorporated by reference their streaming procedures. You have exceptions to this, but by God, the baseline is not that you get these rights in your end user license agreement and putting this information out there is deleterious to the cause because it damn well should be. The video game industry is dependent on using places like Twitch for marketing right now. And I've been going on for three plus years about the fact that those end user license agreements should give some rights to the players that are otherwise putting their livelihoods on the line every single time they stream, hoping that Electronic Arts or whomever doesn't decide to swing a sword at their heads. And this crap makes it all the more worse. So when you see these articles, when you have these conversations, understand that fair use is something that can get you out of trouble but only after you climb up a mountain and you pay the lawyers a fortune and you better be darn sure you know what you're doing and you're not taking advice from people with two million some odd followers or subscribers that can talk to their twitch person or their youtube person and get out of the trouble that you or i or anyone else couldn't this is bad advice this creates problems And it creates problems for people that I love, people that are trying to build their livelihoods. Don't listen to this kind of stuff because right now we are in a situation where streamers should be much more cognizant of what they're dealing with, much more cognizant of what fair use is, especially if they've got 8 million some odd followers and trying to figure out what that means. And no, that doesn't mean just because you're popular or because you think you can yell out fair use like Michael Scott yelling out he declares bankruptcy That can't get you out of the operation of these laws, these rules, and this status quo. Twitch found itself in trouble because of music. Twitch now knows that it can get into major trouble, not just the kind of trouble that costs it money, but existential trouble that could cause it to lose its existence. And they're going forward with more steps because so many streamers up at the high end are causing trouble for people when they really shouldn't be. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of pop culture, technology, streaming, video games, and more, please consider supporting the channel at Patreon. Otherwise, just subscribing and telling your friends we're having these conversations, sharing videos like this one, putting this in every hen house, dog house, outhouse everywhere else that you can think of to get the information out there, that this is the kind of thing that will continue to happen, that that doesn't make the DMCA itself wrong. And I've got plenty of videos about how the DMCA is silly. So please do check those out if you're interested, but that that doesn't make the DMCA itself wrong, can help people understand what environment they're operating in and entering into.